Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of This Is Your Captain Speaking. Uh, today I've got Tal Valor on with me and Tal is the CMO over at Zuvu and uh, Zuvu they do everything from business uh, or they do everything from a conversational uh, commerce platform perspective and they help customers find what they want with a human touch. Looking at a, a couple of very big clients that you guys work with over there, for example, Amazon, AT&T, Whirlpool and Microsoft. So couple of small companies, I would say, you guys work with over there, over at Suvu. But your background, Tal, is in ABM, demand gen, product, operations. And uh, I liked one of the things you mentioned. You, you you like to look at where creativity meets data to make smart decisions. So yeah. I am come from a similar background, so I'm looking forward to speaking with you today. So welcome, mate. Uh, great to be here, Andy. Thanks for having me. For sure. Tell us a little bit about uh, Zuvu. Uh, so like, like you said, we build tools to guide buyers and e-commerce websites and help them uh, find what they need. Um, like I said, we have pretty big clients, 3M, Amazon. Essentially, uh, our core platform is, uh, enables understanding what's the context of product descriptions, what they mean, what they do, understanding what's the context of people's uh, queries, whether it's search queries or chatbot interactions or uh, going through uh, virtual assistant and and using matching both of these data points in order to help them find the product that best answers their need uh, and hopefully uh, get them to buy at the end and uh, make the company that they're uh, that they're uh, whose site they're on like, awesome. get some money out of it awesome so so uh, i guess uh based on the number of or the, the large companies that you're working with zuvo is a relatively large company from an employee perspective uh yeah we are about 300 employees uh, worldwide uh, right now uh, and uh, to be frank uh, this is actually an interesting point in time right now because uh, up until recently I led marketing there but I'm currently in my last couple of months in the company uh, and moving on to a new project which unfortunately I can't talk too much about right now. Sure sure ah, that makes sense that's okay that's okay but I'm interested to hear a bit more about that in the future um tell me tell me a little bit about your marketing team over there too who do you have on your team what are the roles that you have uh so we have two marketing teams one that's focused on the enterprise business and it's comprised of a product marketing uh, leader vp product marketing uh we have the field marketing person that's dealing with events and, and all of that good stuff uh, designer uh, marketing and revenue operations is is teamed into one uh, and uh, we have a designer on board, and then we have uh, demand generation managers for the various regions. So one for the Dach region, one for the EMEA region, and one for uh, for the US. Okay, so let's talk about those demand gen marketers and how they, because they, uh, you, you have two different functions there. You've got your marketing rev ops, and you've got your marketing, um, or you've got your demand gen. So the rev ops, are they purely doing the crunching the numbers, understanding the, understanding the numbers, reporting, et cetera, and then that's feeding back to demand gen or how do those two groups work? So uh, so RevOps is, is both the tech stack, managing the tech stack uh, and crunching the numbers for basically aligning finance, marketing, sales, and, uh, and managerial reporting uh, under one function. By the way, we also have another marketing function. So in my last couple of months, what I've been doing is we've been building another branch of the business focused on a PLG uh, type, uh, type uh, play and focused on small to medium businesses. Uh, and there it's basically been me and another person building up the marketing tech stack and everything from the ground up. So 
Okay. That's interesting. So let's, you've mentioned tech stack a couple of times there. So you've mentioned it under the RevOps team and then also under this new PLG team. For people that are listening that don't know what PLG is, it's product-led growth. It's it's the new, I call it hype buzzword in tech <laughs> nowadays or bullshit bingo is what I call it sometimes. It's the new ABM. It is the new ABM. It's the ABM of 2022. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, so product like, we'll get to that now in a moment, but let's take a look at the tech stacks that you're mentioning. So let's talk about the tech stack on the other side of the business, which uh, on the other side of the business, not the PLG side, but the, the one that the RevOps team are looking at, the marketing RevOps. So what does that consist of? So the, the pure basic is we've got Salesforce as a CRM, HubSpot as our marketing automation, Google Analytics, basically to, uh, you know, to look at the high-level analytics and tie uh, some of the, the attribution together. Uh, we have Apollo and Clearbit for lead enrichment uh, that never bounce to do uh, email cleansing and list cleansing and all that good stuff. Uh, Porous for call reporting. Uh, and, um, and uh, oh, and now we use something called corporate gift uh, light for... Uh, or charge keys and, and sending out like direct mails and stuff. Okay, so corporate gifts for direct mail or so, a similar company to the likes of ReachDesk or Sentoso, I guess. Yeah. Got it, got it. Okay, so so let's look at this. So this is actually, so across, so the tech stack that's managed by the marketing RevOps team is a tech stack that's consisting of both marketing and sales tools, correct? Yep, yep, yep. Got it, got it. Are the, do you, in the marketing team, do you have sales development reps that are reporting into marketing or are they purely on the sales side? Uh, so Zuvo is a bit of a weird beast in that, that, that they're reporting into sales uh, and instead of having like a central management team for the SDRs, uh, each, each uh, account executive is assigned an SDR to work with them. Because of the type of customers being primarily enterprise, it makes it much, makes much more sense to have this tag team of somebody leading, uh, focused on one account as an SDR or maybe like five accounts as an SDR. And, uh, and uh, working only those accounts with the uh, with account executive. With the account executive, <clears throat> so the the um, the account executive is essentially the manager for the SDR. Is that yep. correct? Yep. I, I like that model, but it's tricky, and it's tricky because account executives typically don't want to manage people, right? That's it's tricky for a few reasons, right? So you've got account executives who don't really want to manage people, and their time is is best spent on deals. But also from a marketing perspective, it makes it difficult because you know, we want everybody to sing uh, to the company hymn sheet and we want uh, people to be following up on the leads when they come in. Uh, and it's difficult when you have a lot of diff. Usually when I've worked in other companies, then the SDRs have been kind of like the bridge between yeah. marketing, and, marketing sales. and sales. Yeah. And they're the first person that somebody talks to when they come into your organization, you know, when they want to meet with you as a company. Yeah. Uh, so it makes it a little difficult on my end to, uh, to police the, the messaging and all of that good stuff. How many, how many of these, uh, how many SDRs do you have in total? So I think about 10, I, I, like I said, okay. because I don't manage them. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But there's probably, there's probably like 10 of these like mini teams, right? Um, yeah, yeah. AESDR teams, which uh, if they're working very closely together like that, what I found is that they started coming up with their own messaging which is then very different to the messaging that you're trying to push out as a marketing leader as well, which makes things incredibly difficult. Yeah, but, but eventually, you know, it's all about value, right? So if, if as a marketeer, I'm, 
I'm able to, to embed myself with the sales team and help, uh, help them close deals and, and work with them on deals, then, then eventually it, it, it usually goes like this, right? I, I come with my set of slides and my messaging and everything into a meeting and then they go, oh, I didn't know we have that. Uh, I'll start using that now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair actually. So it's so you you just focus on doubling down on communication in front of those guys, and then that's 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 how you're embedding yourself in that team. Okay, so like I I, I like the tech stack that you have there on that side because it's super simple. So you've got the simple Salesforce to HubSpot integration, which is amazing out of box. Like um, anybody that's like I've spoken with many people, and I work with a lot of companies that just have HubSpot as their CRM, which is fine, but you outgrow that in my opinion. And um, to have that match with Salesforce and HubSpot is, is really good. That I always recommend that even over the Salesforce own marketing tools, I would say the, the, the HubSpot plus Salesforce match in my, my experience has always worked very nicely. Um, and then just like, it's pretty clean then what, what you're doing. So, so, uh, so getting more data from Apollo and Clearbit, which is just getting more data onto the data that you already have. Um, and then some of the email tools and also corporate gifting stuff. And then the, the chorus as a, as a call recording tool from an SDR perspective, understanding what's being said there. Can, are you getting insights from chorus yourself as a marketer? Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I was the one that pushed uh, initially, like I think all marketers, I pushed for Gong. We ended up with chorus, uh, which is just as good, essentially. Um, and um, I, I pushed for it because there's, two things that it helps me do as a marketer. One is uh, messaging validation, right? When I actually get somebody to use the messaging that I want them to use, then I can listen in and see how people respond to it and also pick up like ideas from these calls about what the prospects are actually interested in. And, and second, it's a, it's a policing tool, right? So I, I, I listen in calls and then I'll come and tag like sections and say, you said this, differently than what we've got this on our website what we've got this like in our uh, in our corporate decks and everything so for sure yeah. for sure just for people that are listening that are not familiar with those tools so tal just mentioned chorus is the tool that they're using or gong is another tool which is basically uh, i think if you're in the tech space and you don't know who gong is i, I question if you should be in the tech space but <laughs> gong is uh is, is again it's 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 a tool that basically records calls and gives you insights in terms of what people, what's resonating, what types of messages are resonating with people. It gives you time lengths. It gives you all types of insights from the calls that are being made by your sales org that will then influence how you can then go out and structure messaging for marketing, but also for sales calls in the future, what things are actually working on the client side or on the prospect side. So, okay, we've talked about the tech stack there on the RevOps side. So um, let's call it on the enterprise side of the business. Let's take a look at it on the, the PLG side, so the product-led side. Um, can you give us a bit of insight there? So actually, that, that's very interesting because I, I think when we led up to this call, you, you asked me about like trends and things that are missing. And, uh, and what, what I've noticed while working on the PLG side is that there isn't really any CRM that's geared towards PLG. Mm -hmm. uh, most CRMs are built for long cycle deals and for processes and opportunities, which doesn't really happen in product-led growth. Uh, and this is a gap I've been trying to fill by like combining and, and like uh, doing, um, doing all sorts of hacks. But uh, so for that side of the business, we're using active campaign as the marketing automation slash partially CRM tool. Um, I've been super surprised by the quality and, and level of service that you're getting out of these guys for like 
a fraction of what you would pay for the, the bigger technologies like HubSpot, uh, Salesforce, and so forth. Um, I've been using also SendGrid uh, as a backup for, uh, for uh, active campaigns. So SendGrid is uh, now they're owned by Twilio, but it's, uh, it's an email market. It also has an email marketing and automation tool uh, and forms and all of that good stuff. So pretty useful. Uh, and then most of the rest of the tech stack looks kind of similar to what we have with, uh, with the enterprise side of business, um, but a lot more focus on Google Analytics and building like very complex dashboards uh, on top of Google Analytics to, uh, to understand the flow of customers, where they came from, what they engaged with and so forth. And we also use Yandex Metrica for, uh, for um, uh, taking videos of user sessions and uh, and uh, and visitors to the website and see what they're engaging with and when and how. Are you using a BI tool to crunch that data then in the background? So you mentioned that you're looking at attribution we do, things. We do, but I have a data scientist that's doing that uh, on our data team, and uh, I honestly don't know what they're using. I, I think they're using Click or something like that. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. Okay. So, quick question for you now. So, you're using Active Campaign as your main sort of let's call it CRM slash email sending tool for and then with SendGrid as a backup, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why aren't you using HubSpot? If you have HubSpot for the other side of the business, why don't you just use it for both? Uh, I don't know if you want to have this on the podcast, but uh, essentially the price difference is phenomenal, right? The HubSpot for the number of contacts that we have would probably be about I think sixty thousand dollars, if not more, per okay. uh, per year, uh, and with active campaign, we're talking about maybe five thousand dollars per year. No, it's, <laughs> a, it's you, absolutely and, and, fine to have that here. By the way, I, like I, I'm glad to discuss this because I, I I had an idea in terms of why it's because of your your customer acquisition costs need to stay need to stay much exactly. lower on the exactly. PLG side of the business rather than the enterprise side of the business. So that was what I thought, but I'm, I'm glad you've confirmed my thought. Exactly. It's not, and, and, and frankly, like uh, uh, the number of functionalities that I'm losing uh, is not that big and I won't be using them, right? I, I don't do ABM with, uh, with sure. uh, PLG, right? <laughs> sure. So, so, so you, you're you're not considering swapping out HubSpot for Active Campaign on the on the enterprise side of the business, right? I think again, this is probably going to happen after my time, but uh, this is a decision that that that, uh, that could be on the table for the team after I'm I'm gone. Uh, it's again, uh, it, it depends on how how much of a power user are you for HubSpot and what functionalities are there. You know, are you going to use HubSpot? Is is awesome and in terms of it's trying to be everything for everybody and it's trying to expand itself across the value chain and to have put on like a CRM, put on um, a conversational uh, commerce piece with the chatbot, adding on like social media scheduling and listening, adding in all sorts of features that are cool. But personally, one as a marketer, I think we're going through the same process that e-commerce is going through with headless commerce and trying to build our own tech stack and I don't want to have my balls in a vice and be committed to one vendor for everything. And then once they decide to, to up the price, then, then I'm stuck. Right. So yeah, I, as a customer, I don't like, like as a, as a, as a vendor, I do like being sticky, but as a customer, I don't like having like uh, sticky vendors. 
<laughs> I, 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 look, I, I completely agree with that. And I, I think we've seen a lot of that in the e-commerce space as e-commerce as an industry, for example, and the, the companies that are serving into the e-commerce industry in, in the tech space. So, for example, let's take the bigger marketing cloud, Salesforce, Oracle, Adobe, et cetera. If you look into that specific space, marketing automation for e-commerce, there are hundreds of providers, hundreds, but then you've got these bigger cloud platforms which have just come in and started purchasing all of the smaller ones and basically adding them to their stack with the thought being able, we'll make, we'll make customers more sticky, right? What you're seeing on the, on the brand side that people are like, no, we don't want that. And that's why you have still a hundred vendors in the same space, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Competing with the bigger cloud platforms, like tiny businesses and companies are saying, you know what? I actually want to work with the smaller company rather than going with Salesforce. I can solve all my needs just because some stuff doesn't work as well as, as that one company that's just focused on doing that, right? Yeah, so, yeah. It depends also on your character, you know, and your people. Like, I, I'm, I'm relatively technically savvy, and I know how to, like, I can hack things if I need to. And like some of these platforms, Active Campaign again, I, I, I I've been surprised by the level of uh, capabilities that you get, you know. Uh, and I, I, I'm starting to sound like a spokesperson, but uh, <laughs> how much your active campaign pay? Are you moving <laughs> to active campaign? Is that is that the no? I, I, I like I, I honestly don't know because I haven't tried any of the other like uh, I, like I've looked at a few other smaller vendors, I, I, but I'm sure they also offer the same level of capabilities. And these younger, hungrier companies that will uh, integrate with a lot more don't have like these like weird weird. Uh, oddities like you have between Salesforce and HubSpot that they turn off and turn on features as they fight with one another. <laughs> sure, sure. No, it's, well, it's going to be interesting to see which way Active Campaign goes because initially they had started out as a company that would sell into the SMB space, okay? Yeah. So now you've actually brought in a different use case that maybe their business is, is working towards, which is in that product-led growth space, which is even for companies like Zubu, for example, that have quite a, an extensive enterprise business and are not an SMB, right? Zubu are not an SMB in terms of their size, revenue, et cetera. However, that product-led growth model that you're looking to implement is just is not feasible from a cost perspective using one of the bigger cloud platforms, but actually looking at an active campaign that can offer pricing that's actually be pleasable to that product-led growth model. Super, super interesting. If they're going to start to move in that direction, they might well do that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I think like in terms of customer acquisition, right, they acquire me as a small side business uh, that way. And I and like I don't I didn't even have to give a second thought into testing them out because the price point to get started is so small right? and, and the process of getting onboarded is so friendly that once that's done to get into the enterprise business, you've already got like an advocate and you've already got like a part of the business working on it. So. For sure, for sure. Okay, well, HubSpot, watch out. <laughs> but okay, well, look, Tal, this is all the time that we have for today. I, I really appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you and what's the best place to reach out to you if people want to? Uh, I'm a LinkedIn fan, so I'm always on LinkedIn. Uh, Revenue Collective, now Pavilion. I'm, I'm uh, always there as well. And uh, feel free to reach out. Perfect. Perfect. I'll share all your details when we push this out as well, Tal, so that people can reach out to you directly. Tal, it's been great speaking with you, mate. And uh, this has been another episode of uh, This Is Your Captain Speaking. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again next week.
Hey, Tal, thanks a million. Talk to you soon. Thank you.